Hello everyone, this is Kyle welcoming you to an early preview of Friday's episode of Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, an episode that airs exclusively on 90.9 CJSW Campus Radio first. So every time that Jen or I say that we are here on a Friday night when it's really Wednesday night that you're listening to this on, it is because this is an early preview and not because we're incapable of looking at a calendar. That is also true, but a separate issue. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s are on their quest to find love. I am Jen Sanford. That illustrious voice you're hearing is Mr. Kyle Marshall. We would be the Jen and Kyle of the Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. Would it not be weird for me to say, welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. Our names are Mindy and Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be so fitting? No, we are actually Jen and Kyle, believe it or not. And this is Friday night and you're joining us for another episode of a podcast where we really do try to find and succumb and enjoy love whether we can get our hands on it or not. The subtext here is that we are entirely unqualified to offer advice, but we do so anyways. Without a doubt. But you know what? You guys tune in anyway. You tune in anyway. Mm -hmm. And if you're joining us on CJSW Campus and Community Radio, thank you for joining us this Wednesday evening. If you are listening to us at the regular podcast time of Friday night, hello there. And if you know you're mopping on a Tuesday afternoon and this is like the only thing left in your little podcast list of shows you know hey mm-hmm. thanks for being here your your cats are looking at you quizzically i'm like you listen to way too many of these I two guess. people's podcasts yes <laughs> if you made it through all twenty four thousand episodes of dateline and now you've landed yeah. on this podcast well hey you're here how are you this evening kyle you look good thank you you also look good um <gasps> i told you thank before you. we started recording and i am getting excited and scared and excited and scared. New York is uh, is coming up here and I am not prepared in the slightest. I have not prepared in any any shape or form. To, I actually even, to let, let people in, I had to uh, text Jen earlier today to see if I could borrow <laughs> suitcase. Uh, a suitcase for for my plane ride. Yeah, please. Please finish that sentence because we're weird friends. I have to say, like, I'm very excited for you. I people who listen know mm-hmm. that you are headed to New York to do a whole bunch of things. I should I should preface mm-hmm. by saying that you're do, headed to do a whole bunch of things. But the biggest thing you are doing is I have been really relentlessly telling you that you need to pursue this crush that you've had. Right. And you're you're off to face down the crush. How are you feeling? I'm excited. I, I really do have to say that I'm excited. I to, to fill people in with even more backstory here. Not that I couldn't have been bold any time within the last six months, either you know sending a text, doing a phone call, whatever it might be. But there's something to it that I kept pushing away. It's like, no, if I'm going to make this declaration and be like, this is something I think we need to pursue, then I, it has to be done in person. I want to do it in person and not through the the screen of a of a smart device that's fair can mm-hmm. just to follow up on that like i've been thinking a lot about you leaving and having this adventure right. in new york and i'm very excited for you but i'm more nervous about myself not to make this about me but really honestly like but what how do, do i make this about myself like is what, what do, what do i do because i feel like 
I'm faced with two outcomes. Door number one, you profess your love and he's like, yeah, I'm all in. And then we never see you again because I don't think you'll have any reason to come home from New York. And then this will be like, welcome to somebody date Jen. It's Friday night and that's fine. Or door number two, I just call you call me and I just hear like the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. (laughs) And then what do I do? Just like line up my WestJet dollars and go there. Like, do you have any advice for me as the person being left behind? I mean, I think you should settle down. I think is probably (laughs) step number one. I care about you, Kyle. I don't, uh, I don't know. Like this, you've, you verbalized this here before about how you're kind of worried about me going off on this adventure by myself. I am very worried. I think it's the better option just to push my feelings down and away, you know, just down and away. And there could not possibly be any downsides to that is really what I'm thinking about. Oh, Um, no. I just don't want to overthink this because my my biggest fear is that, like, you know, the time comes and I'm just like, can't go through with it. And then I just like beat myself up for like the next six days of the trip. Can I just like I want to get into the fishbowl and I want to get to what we're Mm -hmm. talking about tonight. But I I have a question that dawns on me that I've never asked you, which is, have you ever had a crush like this before? And if so, did you let it come out into the light? Yes, I have. Tell me about it. It actually is a history. Oh, gosh. Okay, let me take a step back here. So it was about three years ago, three, four years ago. And there was this uh, person who lives here in Calgary, which made it actually a lot easier, who, you know, I I could physically see was attractive, right? Like there was an attraction there. And occasionally maybe some light flirting was happening. But here's the thing. They were married. So that was like a no-go for me. Like that's just never going to be a happen. And then... Him and his husband separated. Ooh. I could tell from posts that he was, you know, supplying online and, and other places. I was like, he's going through something. You can tell that this is a very, like, deeply personal, traumatic thing that he is going through. So I reached out and was like, hey, if you have any to talk, I'm here. And that's when we started spending a little bit more time with each other. Just first, really, as friends, going out to like coffee shops and, and other things. And let's just fast forward to, you know, a few weeks later. And I kind of have to say, like, listen, here's the thing. You are in a very raw emotional state right now. But I think I do need to be honest that there is a bit of a, a crush that's forming here that, that, that's coming from me. And surprisingly, he was like, oh, well, I'm really glad you told me that because I'm actually feeling the exact same way. Really? Cool. Yeah. Now, I will say that that sounds like, oh, what a great story. Like, that must have ended so well. This actually was my friends with benefits thing that oh, is what really? that eventually led into. And I felt did not end in the most positive of ways, which is why I'm very anti friends with benefits in, in most cases. Like, technically, you would say that it went well because they reciprocated those feelings when I expressed them. But I have to tell you, that night was freaking hilarious because somewhat caught by surprise he just asked the question like hey are you like interested in anyone like, do you have a crush on anyone yeah and it's like well tell me about him and i'm like well <laughs> okay and oh, then like God. trying to talk around and i had to like take two trips to the washroom and, like give my pep talk in the mirror like splash water in my face and all the like oh, the boy. 80s film cl- cliches before yeah. i could even like do it uh, in front of him and finally i was just i just pulled the ripcord and did the admission and uh that uh, led to two other things. I have to tell you that I've only ever had one crush in my life. Mm-hmm. 
And I would have been 14 years old is in the ninth grade. Does it, does that math track? I feel like it does. And I was in the ninth grade and there was this little curly haired kid. Uh, I remember his name was Aaron Newbert. I, I, somewhere out there, he's probably listening. And, um, he was just this like funny kind of weird, totally my type just seemed like he had, you know, just like a good heart and was like a good person. And I decided before the spring break to write him a letter. So oh, I, I, I always forget that you grew up in 1940, but yes. <laughs> the bombs of war. No, I wrote him a letter because while well, I am a writer, so I wrote him a letter and I wrote him like this like three page letter about how much I really liked him. And if he would be interested in dating me, I feel like it was almost like a brief, like a pitch, like right. here are my qualities, you know, here's my one ounce of self-esteem I have to offer to this discussion. Here's my references, check Y what? or N. <laughs> exactly. And I, and then I talked about like all the things that I liked about him and that I wanted to convey that I kind of really saw him. I remember saying mm-hmm. that to my girlfriends, like, I think I see all the parts of him. And so I wrote him this long letter and I, I gave it to him for the spring break, which was a ridiculous idea because then he had to go the entire spring break just going through like all oh, the like cycle madness. of, just of madness, like shock yeah. anger denial sadness bargaining mm-hmm. humiliation and then the cycle starts again right before you get to acceptance you just cycle through all of those things again and that's right and we come back from the spring break and i'm like more and he's moved yeah yeah no I, he wrote me back Whoa. And he wrote me back like an equally long letter. And to this day, I can still remember his gorgeous penmanship because, you know, it was 1912. And I <laughs> and I remember in his letter, he said, like, I don't at all want you to feel embarrassed or anything other than really just appreciation on my part. Like, you have to remember, we were so young. And yet the way in which he was like, no, but here's mm-hmm. the reasons why no. And you know, here's, here's all the things I see about you and write me back. And so we had, we had, this is the interesting thing. We had, I don't think one conversation in person for the remainder of the school year, but weekly we wrote letters back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And he shared things with me and I shared things with him, but we were by no means were friends. And he ran in a different crowd, a far more popular crowd than I did. I mean, I was such a weird kid. I was just like, here, let me eat my hair. Oh, just so weird. But he always wrote to me and like, I see you and I saw this. And what do you think about this? And and then I would write back and talk about what it meant to be the new kid all the time. And we just mm-hmm. wrote back and wrote back, but we never once had a conversation. And then the school year ended. And I think back often about how much that shaped my experience with men to date. Like seeing men not as these, you know, larger than life creatures or these things to be managed or like I know a lot of women just assume that men are like the weaker sex, that they're just a little bit dimmer. I mean, certainly take a roll through TikTok and it's all just women being like, oh, my boyfriend's crazy and stupid. He taught me right away that the goal is symmetry and equity and equality and, and to see each other as equals and to communicate always. And, you know, we never went on a single date. You know, we carried on. We went to high school together for three years, never had another conversation, but I never forgot about how that was my first crush. And even though he was like, yeah, no, not you. He still was like so kind to me. And I wish we could all be like that because, you know, for every- Do you still have those letters? Yeah, I have them all. Oh my gosh. I know. I want to read them. (laughs) Really? 
I'm sure they're so like cringe at this point, but I would still love to read. Those. You know what? They're strikingly not cringeworthy because they were so mm. honest. Mm. They were so honest. I don't think we ever took ourselves too seriously, but you do see when you look back on it, two young people who are clearly going through something like I was clearly insecure about being the new person and really struggling to find myself. And he himself was searching for something bigger and rejecting the mold that he was sort of being thrown into. So there was a quiet maturity to it, even at even at like 14, 15. I just, I remember the kindness. And I think, why can't we all be like that? Like, even if it's unrequited love, why can't yeah. we be that kind? Because, you know, for every Aaron Newbert, there's 55 men who are like, oh, gross. I would never want you who like shame people and right, make right. people feel bad and embarrassed and punish them for their vulnerability. And anyway, that's been on my mind as you've been going on this trip. We totally well, digress. Yeah, I mean, I, totally no, digressing. I mean, I, I, no, I love that story, but it's, there is something that is bubbling inside of me. I know it is. There's a bit of a turmoil inside of me because <laughs> I've, I've had this feeling before. And the last few times it's that I've, I've had this kind of emotion, there's been some sort of big event that's happened in my life whether it's like i'm deciding to move i'm deciding to do a new job like there's something momentous that i can tell is upcoming now i don't know if that's putting undue pressure on myself which potentially could be the case or if there really is going to be this very marketed i don't know specific shift in my in myself or my life and i think that this is exacerbated a little bit i've been thinking about this this week i finally started watching the netflix show heartstopper after everyone told me that i should watch it are you familiar with this show not at, at all, all? netflix not yet a sponsor i know so it's netflix it's eight episodes half an hour each it's a british show about a gay kid in, in high school and then him basically falling in love with a bisexual classmate right so it's kind of okay. this meet cute at the beginning they start to fall in love i'm only five episodes in i still have three episodes left the guy the rugby player who's bisexual who's discovering himself his mother is played by olivia coleman who i'm a big fan of oh, anyways fine. and she does a great job it's literally just another silly crush it's not a crush hi 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 come on dream guy i don't know just someone i can have a laugh with He's the straightest person I have ever seen. Thank you. Um, and, and the reason why I just bring this up is that th there's been a lot of conversation about this show, especially for people that I will say, just as a general rule, who are over 25 are having a very different response to this show than people that are younger than that. Because How so? Because the people who are younger, this feels very relevant to their lived experience. Mm -hmm. Something that could have happened or maybe did happen in their life. And they're looking at it in that, sh that, in that way of it being romantic and finding yourself, etc. And for the older generation, myself included, this is such a fantasy of like what could have happened in high school. Like this was not a possibility. <laughs> it's not just like, oh, it'd be hard to happen. Like this would not have happened in my high school. And so there is this feeling of like, loss and melancholy for a history that i could never be a part of and so there is this weird feeling like yeah that's like it's sad like this this show is actually sad and not joyful where the younger people think this is joyful and sometimes sad it's the very two polar different reactions that people are having based on what your age actually is really why this is becoming relevant is that any same-sex relationship that i pursue there is always this element of like 
gosh, like if I could have just been myself or been completely open starting 20 years ago, how different would my life actually have been? Could I have, you know, found love sooner uh, and not feel like I'm groping in the dark? And so on the precipice of me going and seeing someone, it's like, boy, like, is this, this again something I'm trying to fit into a Hollywood love story or is this actually something that's real? And I always have to fight with that where it's like, am I making this more than it is or is it or can I just step back and allow this to play out how it's supposed to play out? Well, I think the night before you go, the where you're at with it is just to let it play out, mm. right? Like what choice do you have now? You got to let it just play out and you have to accept the consequences of you're off. Way you go. So you're off to New York. Yes. And I'm off to hell. <laughs> well, that's good. You just got that new hand basket, I see. So you're perfectly ready. <laughs> oh, yes. My relationship with with Jesus is... Um, and and who is Jesus just for the people listening? <laughs> yes, I can say it every week. Jesus, of course, the man that looks strikingly like Jesus Christ that I'm going on dates with, who yeah. has decided to take exception to me continually to refer to him as the man... I'm going on dates with because he right. argues that it is far more serious than that. And I've reached my destination, Kyle. I've landed at the fork in the road now. Mm -hmm. I feel it that I'm I've been with this person long enough that the trivialness that I have applied to this guy, the I'll come over, pop over here and there. You know, I went, I've gone through several iterations of psycho behavior. Like Jennifer leaves at three in the morning was a fun phase that mm -hmm. I had. Jennifer has random panic attacks and turns around halfway there. Jennifer focuses on her career and forgets to call him for a week and a half. We've had several iterations, but from his perspective, he's now, and I can feel it. It's not just that he said it. It's that I can feel it, that maybe the tongue in cheek nature of saying like, oh, I, this is this is Jesus. I'm going on dates with him. He said, you know, I listened to an episode which we've talked a lot about how much he's like, I just kind of want to let this podcast play out. And especially when we're <laughs> recognized and they look at me and then they look at him and they're like, oh, you're Jesus. And he's like, oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> like, <he's> like <laughs> oh, <laughs> me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Like people are starting to, to realize. And from his perspective, he's listened to an episode now and just said, like, so I know where you know where I'm at. I love you. Mm -hmm. I want to be with you. I feel almost every day like I have won the lottery with you. I want to be with you. Being with you is becoming like nailing jello to the wall because I feel like we're at a point where we need to define and redefine our relationship. And then he used the term like DTR. And I was like, what's happening? And like, we're like, he's 40 years old. So like, I'm like, what is happening? I had to Google it. Like, and I, you want to feel like your mother, Google an acronym in popular mm -hmm. culture. Like, what does LOL mean or B BRB? DTR to every single person that's already listening that knows and can't believe I'm about to just become 70,000 years old and say it sounds for define the relationship. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, from text. Very different than DTF. That is a very different acronym. That yes, is also which, which will be next week's episode. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so it's just that point in the relationship where you decide that you need clear answers from the other about those four terrifying words. Where are we at? Yeah. Did you answer him then? Or did you like run away? That is kind of your want sometimes. You know, I, 
I, you know, good relationship advice I got from my friend is that you can only really fake a seizure twice in a relationship. So that's why I'm one down now. <laughs> I'm one down now. That's what I would offer. Yeah. I just, uh, and of course he's just so knows me now that he's just like, calm, calm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have to, and I just, yeah. So I, I'm bringing it to the podcast now because, um, I'm at a, I'm at a fork, Kyle. I'm at a fork. I understand this fork you keep talking about. I th- you, I think you need to answer the question. Do you still want to be dating him? It's been seven months, hasn't it been? Isn't it been seven months? That feels like too long. That feels like, has it really been seven months? I'm pretty sure it's over half a year. No. Yeah, because you started dating last summer. So we're coming up almost on a year here then, Jen. So it might actually be more than seven months. Yeah, I thought we were friends. I am trying to be your friend here, Jen. You love to put these little labels and be so super funny and dismissive and stuff like that. But I feel that there's something deeper going on here where you cannot just cross over and be like, yeah, we're at the very least, we are boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm not asking you to be like, oh, we're getting married next year. But like at 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 a certain point, it's like you have committed to this guy. You're not going on other dates with other people. No. No, I know I'm not. No, I no, I'm not. I'm just terrified of like that sound of like the door slamming behind me. I don't know what my problem is. I can't lean all the way in. I don't I don't and I don't want to force it because then it's not authentic and I don't want to be somewhere before I'm not ready. But I have moments where I like what he's saying. And then I have moments where I'm like, well, you don't really know me. And we're very different. And every other relationship I've had fails. So just hang tight. And it's like, I'm, I've got one, I've got one foot in another canoe and I'm, I'm, we'll be honest. I'm totally, I'm totally not ready. Actually, he pushed the point quite hard because I'm trying to find a new apartment closer to work. And he's like, why don't we get a place together or you move in here? And I honestly felt breathless. And I was just Mm. like, I I don't, I don't know how to live with another man. And he's like, but you're not going to live with other men. You're going to live with me. And I was like, in my life, you're other men, (laughs) you're other (laughs) men. And I think it's because like, I've just, I had a marriage that failed. Then I had a super long-term relationship that failed. And so I'm so engineered to be like, let's just have a really fun time because this will probably be over soon. Like, I don't know why I'm just constructing my own Titanic. Maybe something that I don't know about you myself, your second long-term relationship, did you officially never marry? No. Okay. That made the separation easier then, probably. Yeah, it did. I mean, it made it more psychologically more painful because you legitimately just walk away. You just like, it's nine years of hard and then you just walk away. But I just, again, this is me being armchair psychologist here at this point. It's very interesting to me that your first relationship, your very first very long term relationship, you made that commitment, you married. And yes, there was a divorce at the end. And I shouldn't have. The second one was like, well, I don't know if we can commit to marriage, but let's like stay together. And now I think you're at this point. It's like, well, I don't even know if we should be together, really. Like, we don't want to need to define things. You keep like removing something to define yourself in the relationship. Yeah. Who would have thought that as relationships fail, I get more guarded? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that that's what's happening? But uh, to answer the question, do you want to be with him? And I think that's the that's the true question. I I want to be. All right, I'm going to take this revolver. I'm going to spin the chamber. <laughs> I just totally. No, I want to say just the right thing because I feel like people are going to jump to conclusions and say, if you can't answer right away, like let mm. this, like put him back in the, like put that fish back in the water. What I'm saying is that 
Okay. So a couple of things is, or what I'm saying, and then we'll, we'll get into the fishbowl because we got, we got such a meaty fishbowl this week. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a checklist and I get nervous by a checklist that he's like, okay, we're going to move in and then we're going to get a mortgage and then we're going to get married and then we're going to get a dog. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not a checklist girl. Like I'm not a checklist mm-hmm. girl. Like mm-hmm. what's wrong with how we have it now? Like, I feel like sometimes we, we rush it we rush it to get more, but I feel like what would be wrong with me living in my apartment that's like 10 minutes away and him living in his house? If he wants to be messy, he can be. And then I can be clean in my house. We can spend tons of time together back and forth and we can build something. But we f- spend so much time with the assumption that there's only one way for a couple and a relationship to come together. And I know myself well enough to know that I can't come in that way. I've tried the traditional move in together and do the whole thing. We talked about this in the unorthodox episode, which I think is the episode where I was the most vulnerable and the most raw, which is that what would be wrong with living apart and continuing to build a relationship, but not having the pressure of having to live together? And what would be wrong with just dating for a long period of time and still being in each other's corner? Why do you have to have the ring and the dress and and the dog and the... Like, what would be wrong with him being able to say, well, I can still make the freedom to make decisions because it's my home and my life and my bills and my money. And I have the same freedom and flexibility. And then we come together on the superordinate things that we can't solve alone. And I get pissed off that we spend so much time focused on how things come together and not the fact that they're coming together organically, right? Like there's one way. And I also lean to the fact that since since my first cognitive memory, every everybody that's in the wake of having to be in a relationship with me and my my parents and my friends and my family will say the same thing, that the minute you force me, the minute you put pressure on me, I buckle, I buckle, and then I can't do it. So, I mean, that was certainly my marriage. It was like, hey, we're married. And I'm like, yeah, you wanted that. We did that. We got a home. Yep. You wanted to be a homeowner. We did it. You know, we have a white picket fence and a puppy. Yep, yep, yep. Now I want to have a baby. And then it was just like an everyday conversation. And I was like, bye. Because I can't hand I can't handle it. And I'm I'm worried I'm gonna go down the same rabbit hole with Jesus. And I'm just kind of saying, like, I'm in it with you right now. But I think he senses that I'm keeping my door open to leave and he wants me to close the door. I think it's definitely true that you are keeping him at an arm's distance. Here's my bold proclamation. I don't think there's anything wrong with you wanting something unorthodox. We'll keep our terminology here. On the flip side, if that is a deal breaker for him, then I think that that's also fair. I think we're aligned in in one area, Jen, which is like, listen, if ultimately our decisions are not compatible, then maybe we should speed this up (laughs) and just like break away now instead of being like, do the natural thing make it go for a year and a half and then be like, well, yeah, we could kind of see the right on the wall a year ago. That this is what was going to happen. But the flip side to that is that sometimes like to test the resilience of this, I find myself trying to break it. And that's what's mm-hmm. been enjoyable about dating Jesus is that he sees it from a mile away. He's like, quit it, quit it. You're trying to break it to prove you can. And I'm like, well, I just don't want to lose another nine years of my life trying to make something work. And then no one's happy. Like, whoa. Okay. Well, that's trauma informed. Super. Let's go have a piece of cake. <laughs> So I want to talk about this define the relationship idea. And so um, you okay to head on over to the fishbowl? Let's do it. First question here. I've been seeing a guy for five months now. After we got dinner tonight, I asked if he wanted to walk around and we did that for a little bit. And I casually asked if we could talk about something. I mentioned that I loved spending time with him 
and asked him how he was feeling and if he'd like to be exclusive with me. He said he was unsure about how he felt. And I said that I usually only like to date one person at a time. I also clearly stated that I current that I was currently looking for a relationship. Hmm, I like that. Successful people ask mm-hmm. for what they want. We walked back to my car and he said that he was thinking he feels that we should just be friends. And I was obviously shocked. Looking back, honestly, I feel like I carried this relationship on my back and that I was always the one planning the dates and wanting to see him. My question is, why would a guy continue to see someone for five months, send flirty texts, then all of a sudden friend zone me when I ask about exclusivity? Did I mess up the DTR conversation? So before I answer this question, I just want to take a moment and suggest that we have like a question hall of fame. Because for me, this might be my first inductee. Really? Such a great way to ask this question. Why? She gave us contacts. She gave us information totally. it didn't leave it up to like me trying to figure out what do you mean by this word and this phrase mm-hmm. she seemingly is honest and is like this is what i my perception is going on and this is what they said back to me <laughs> everything about this question i enjoy Kyle gives this question an a plus i do i give the question an a plus my actual response back to this is that there could be a few things going on here I think you handled this extremely well. I think you were upfront, said these are my feelings, this is what my expectations are. What do you think? And let them be the ones who responded back. Now, they, by the sounds of it, don't want to uh, continue this as a, in a romantic way, want to stay friends. I feel that this could be a few different things, but one of them could be that they were more than fine to keep this light, flirty relationship going and as soon as you said like i actually kind of need commitment here it did scare him because that's not what he is looking for currently in his life and that's fine it's good to know that early in in the relationship early ish here five months it is remarkable how change will not happen in a relationship unless someone basically forces that change to happen right as soon as someone's like uh can we change what we're doing every single day it's like actually i don't want to be in this at all like that's what the response is because it's enough to kick them out of the habit because the habit's easy to continue on that's right but changing it into anything else is is too hard can you mess up the dtr talk like i guess so but i think the actual question you're asking is that did you and i would say no yeah i did not do anything wrong i feel the same way can you mess it up yeah for sure did you i don't think so i don't think so But I think like she's I think that there's too much time being spent here revisiting what happened and Mm. not being grateful for the facts that you have now. Like, how can someone friend zone you for five months? Does it matter? Now, you know, now you move on to someone else who's not going to do that. And she already talks about looking back. Honestly, I was the one that was all in on this relationship. It sounds to me like you just wanted something casual. And then when you forced it, you gave him the out. Things under pressure, right? Resilience is defined as something that bends until it breaks. This sounds to me like it was on its breaking point from the beginning because he didn't want to stretch any resilience into it. That's the thing, right? Like when you when you give that option, like this is what I want. When you present that option, even if you never explicitly say it, you were also offering them an exit door. And that's just what he chose to take. (laughs) That's right. That's right. How about this question, Kyle? I've Mm. been dating this girl for like two weeks. And yesterday we when I slept over at her house. Can I say you'll blank it out, right? We'll blank it out. The situation is very weird, but I don't know if my emotional insecurity and anxiety is just playing tricks on me. She added a pic and changed her bio on Tinder last week. So I feel like I'm one of a few dudes she's seeing or just a hookup. 
She nearly never compliments my appearance at all. And I'm always the one engaging in sexual in sensual and sexual contact. But at the same time, we have really good chemistry, laugh together, and sometimes just go out and talk and spend time together. I feel like this conversation should be something we have face to face to define the relationship, but we just had sex. And now we're not talking for a week, which is weird. As I'm the inexperienced one, I don't want to come off as needy. So what do I do here? I mean, I would ask for that face-to-face meeting is the first thing that I would ask. I kind of agree to a certain extent where if you have elevated this relationship to having sex with one another and you you have not talked about that or have not been talking with each other for a week and a half, there is something a bit weird there, I think. Although I will say her actions, I think, speak volumes here in this case. I don't think she's in this relationship, not to the same level that you are. Um, But I would say, yeah, you have to put your cards on the table, call her up or send a text and be like, yeah, I just want to go out one last time or meet for a coffee and say it out loud. I have a feeling, I mean, not that I am like the most like Tinder savvy. If she's changing her picture and changing her bio, it means she's trying to attract other people. So I think uh, I think that that is kind of your answer. Sometimes I feel like in a relationship, we put so many ideas around things that we forget this this part that one plus one equals two. Hmm. let's line up all the facts for this guy. You had sex with her and then she didn't call you for a week. You watch her on Tinder. So you obviously don't trust her and she's changed her bio and she's looking to attract more men into her pool. So she's not interested in being exclusive with you. She's not really even interested in your feelings at this point at all. If all of those things don't add up to a person that wants to be in a relationship, you're not paying attention. So I think you need to be very And he calls himself out as inexperienced. So you can tell he's in the deep end. If you have this conversation with her face-to-face around like, where are we at? She's going to either lie Mm -hmm. to you or she's going to tell you what you want to hear or she's going to tell you things that hurt your feelings. Those are the only possible three outcomes for you. All three of those things suck for you. So just know that the minute you open your relationship, you open your mouth to say, I want to define this relationship. You are going to be 100% unhappy with everything that she has to say. So the only avenue you have is what I call the modified DTR, which is just to say what you, where you're at mm-hmm. and to not ask her where she is. I think you do like the half, the half, the half DTR, which is to say like, I really like you and I want to be on the record um, because I know that perhaps you, you weren't looking for something real. I would like you to know that I am ready for something real, but I'm very concerned that this guy is getting too emotionally attached to someone who's not reciprocating an emotional attachment, especially after only two weeks. There's lots of girls out there that are ready for a relationship. This person is signaling to you that they're not, I would just cut and run. I would just look for something else. You're, you're already, you're giving enough indications that you're looking for two different things. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what I see. I don't think it's worth the conversation. I think it's just done. I've been dating this girl for over the past five, six weeks. And I'm at the point where I'm not dating around because I see a future with her. She, however, is not so keen to be in a relationship with me. Wouldn't this be hilarious if it was the same woman from the last question? (laughs) (laughs) It's clear she really likes me, but told me that she does not want to be my girlfriend. I'm catching feelings hard, but I can't help but worry that I'll fall for someone that I'm falling for someone who isn't reciprocating. We talked about it this morning and she said a few things that concern me. She told me she doesn't want to commit until she's in love 
When I asked if she was seeing other guys, she also mentioned that there are other guys that are interested in her applying that she doesn't want to close off her options. She assured me that she's not sleeping with other people, but still feels like she's playing the field. I'm thinking I'll just tell her that I can't do this casual dating thing and see how she reacts. If she lets me go, it wasn't meant to be. If she commits even better. My head is spinning because I always thought you become exclusive and then you fall in love, but maybe I'm wrong. Please help me understand the situation. I don't want to lose sight of the chicken and the egg in this thing, which is that do you become exclusive and then you fall in love or do you wait until you're firmly in love and then you decide to be exclusive with that Mm -hmm. person? Kyle, which comes first? Well, yes, thank you for leading me into that because... She's kind of told you all that you need to know, in my opinion. But once uh, again, one plus one equals she, two. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's obvious that she is not in love with you yet because she's still dating other people. And I, I should sorry, and I should point out that I don't think there's anything wrong with that when it's less than two months into a relationship that she's not feeling like, oh, I'm desperately in love with you. But I think it is fair for you to just lay it out on the line. And if it is that like, like I don't want to do casual dating, I want to go exclusive, I want to be with you that's great for you too i would i would have that conversation and just see how it goes but be aware that like we have already mentioned you might be offering her an exit door for her to go through and you have to be okay with that now to actually get into the nitty-gritty of your actual question of like is uh does love come first or do you get love later yes like i don't know it can happen both ways like there i don't think there's a catch-all solution to to this some people want to make sure that you're in love before they commit. Those people are named Kyle. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I do know of like relationships and great marriages that have existed because it's like we're expected to get together or our parents told us to get together. And we kind of did. And then we actually found out that we were very compatible with, the, with each other and fell in love. In fact, one of my mother's really good friends like this. I don't know how much of this happens anymore, but it probably still does. Uh, so her friend gets pregnant by this guy uh, when they're teenagers. So they are forced to become married. And then 20 years later, they have a second wedding because uh, from her point of view, she said, listen, when I married him when I was a teenager, I didn't love him. But after 20 years of like raising a family and like getting to know each other, I do. And I now wanted to actually have a wedding where I'm standing up and I'm proclaiming that love to this person. That is just an example of saying, like, I don't think you need to be, quote unquote, in love to make a commitment to somebody and then find out if you're going to fall in love with that person. But I couldn't do it. That's the that's the weird thing. Yeah, that is I, I was myself say, could not do you, it. Yeah, that that is the way it could go. I'm not signing up for that. My state of the union on this is quite clear. I want to know that I'm in love and then step into mm-hmm. something like you, you. You build your feelings. You realize that there's something there and then you come together. And if you're an ethical and a moral person, you're not banging everything that walks as you undertake that undertake that process. That's where I think people get confused is if they're like, we need to get exclusive as soon as possible because I don't want to be in a relationship, like developing feelings for someone while they're sleeping with other people. But the truth is, if someone's into you, they're not also scrolling Tinder every day. So there's like, 
there's like the reality of the situation. I was listening to an, an interview with Sienna Miller and she's like, listen, I'm British living in New York. And I don't understand why when you kiss someone and go home with them, you're not in a relationship with them because I'm British and that's how it works right. on our side of the pond. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that is quintessentially a difference, right? Good luck in the cesspool <laughs> of New York. No offense, Kyle. Enjoy your trip. But I think that <laughs> I think that we I'm don't... looking forward to get syphilis on the subway. So that's <laughs> oh, you will. Um, it's a rite of passage. You know, so many people are like, well, let's get into something to explore something. And I don't want to share you during that place of exploration. But if someone's interested in the exploration, you know, they're going to behave themselves. I, I fundamentally believe. And if they don't, you probably don't want to be with that person. But yeah, I can't even imagine someone saying like, let's be exclusive and we'll fall in love together inside of I don't I don't. That's mm -hmm. too early, but we've clearly identified I have a problem with being pushed into something before I'm ready. Just, you know, let them come to you. And if they don't, you know, I think he is right on that. If I confront it and it's a no, at least I know. And that's yeah. probably a great way to go into it. A simple, like a simple softball over here for you, Kyle. How early is too early to define the relationship? I mean, we've talked about this before, too. There's no like normal when it comes to these types of questions. Like, I don't think there is a too early or too late, but each individual is going to be different. So like, again, as an example, I would feel weird if I went on a date with a person. It's our first time meeting each other. And you're like, well, I guess we're boyfriend and girlfriend now. And let's start playing this trip together that we're going to go on in four months. I'd be like, nope. <laughs> let's pump the brakes there. But I don't know. Like, if you're just to spitball an example here, like, if you're going on dates with a guy for like seven months, have met his daughters, his ex-wife and the rest of his family, and you still think that it's too early to define oh, that, then no! maybe, maybe that would be a bit too long to define the relationship. I'm just Kyle! saying. Kyle, that's so, that is the most hurtful you have been in 39 episodes. <laughs> right. Well, tell me I'm wrong. Oh my God. Yeah. I had an answer to this question, but now <laughs> I feel triggered. So I'm moving mm. on. Uh, new question. My girlfriend and I defined the relationship too early. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. A year in, I've changed my mind. How do I redefine the relationship to something that works for who I am now? Kyle... Oh, this is going to suck. This conversation is going to suck so badly. But I mean, you kind of have to, again, rip the bandaid off. If you want to know how you define your relationship now, it's communication. You lay it out. And I do think this is one of those things you kind of have to stick to facts with, which is like, hey, last year, this is what we decided on. Yes. Since that time, this is what I have learned is the new information that's come in, my new feelings. Now we need to figure out if we're both okay with that. And if we're not, then we go if we are okay with that then now we're going to define it in this new and different way but it's going to suck i'm like i can't pretend oh, that this God. is not going to be a sucky conversation to go through we've had a couple of these where you know they have to have a conversation and you just mm -hmm. think i would rather die than have that be the be one of the that? people that either has to witness it or be the sender or the recipient of that conversation this is going to be so bad there's going to be, this is going to be like sponsored by Kleenex. Oh no. Yeah, I might take any of the sharp objects out of the room beforehand and just, just be safe. Oh God. And you got to know, like if they live together, like it just is going to get so bad, but you know, you have to do this, right? You have to change your mind, but you have to have, you have to be able to say, I've changed my mind and you have to support a partner through changing your mind as someone who has been the partner that has changed their mind but wants to hold on for the relationship, but needs to redefine it. Mm -hmm. Not an easy go. But the question is, how do I do this? 
So Kyle's advice of remove all sharp objects is a great start. <laughs> if you live together, find a place to stay because you're going to be in the doghouse right. so bad. You might as well put Wi-Fi in there. I think the first thing has to be is just straight out the gate. Don't start with some like we've been together. She'll probably think you're proposing because, you know, he's pulling yes. back, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, he's pulling back. Like, let's just talk about the veneer of this question. You have to state your reasons and then you have to be very clear about what we want. There's no open ended questions like, where do you think we go from here? <laughs> you have to just be like, this is what I need. Successful people ask for what they need and mm-hmm. he has to start there. Oh God, it's going to yeah. be so bad. This is like the reality show television moment where it's like, I'm pulling the blanket like over my oh. face. I'm like, this is awful. Why are they oh, doing this? God. Oh God, let's get to something else. Uh, I'm not quite sure if we define the relationship. You tell me. Mm. For the past couple of months, I, a 22-year-old female, have been seeing a 22-year-old male. I'm not sure what to call our situation. I told him that I liked him and wasn't seeing anyone else. And he said the same. I think we're seeing each other, but I don't know if that's the most accurate term. I don't think we're just friends with benefits, but we don't really go on dates. We hang out with his friends. He'll put his arm around me and let me play with his hair. And he, get, he lets me stay over, even if all we do is make out and talk about our days. Did we actually define the relationship? I don't want to be too flippant here or too mean. But Jen, I have to say, like my immediate reaction to this question asker is like, if I could look her in the eye and sit her down, I just lean forward and be like, girl, he's gay. Like, that's honestly what my, oh. my initial response to this is, because that's kind of what I feel like the subtext is going on here. But I don't know that for sure. So let's just say that that isn't the case. I think you're both young. You're super, super young. Yep. 22 years old. I feel that there's this extra layer of nervousness that's probably going on on both sides. I've referenced it before about the research that's been done on dating in modern times. And especially for younger people, it is harder to you know talk with each other talk on the phone that sort of thing where everything is so text communication so there there could be kind of those weird feelings going on where he doesn't want to rush things doesn't want to be perceived as pushy why i was flipping at the beginning is like you're also both 22 you i think should be like copulating you, you should be boinking like rabbits can i say boinking on the air jen is that a, is that allowed no you're not allowed to use that word what are you 700 years old Anyways, you should be boinking all oh, the time. Gross, gross. So this is where I think that there's something probably made more wrong with this relationship than on first glance. But I also want to be fair that there could be a, a level of nervousness that's going on here as well. Jen, what do you think? You obviously didn't define the relationship if you can't define the relationship and right. you yeah, well, us, right? Like again, I think this is pretty straightforward and simple. Like you know. No, you didn't define the relationship. You're just kind of made some proclamations and now you live in a veneer of organized chaos. I agree with you about where they should be at 22. Like at 22, I'd be like, is it Brian? Is it Ryan? Like that would be where I would be at 22. (laughs) But that's just me. Um, But if you don't know and you can't figure out where you're at, then you have not defined the relationship. Got to have a conversation if it's important to you. Mm -hmm. Last question in the little bowl here, sitting right beside your keys. Here you go. Um, she doesn't want to define the relationship. I met this girl last September. And at the time, she was still in her long-term relationship. However, we were still close at the time. Around November, she broke off her relationship. And we were still close friends up until March of this year. Around late February. Oh, my God. I need a calendar. Around late February, we started getting closer than ever. And we're dating. Right now. 
in May. We were talking about redefining the relationship and she seemed like she really doesn't want to. And she didn't even want me to call her her girlfriend sometimes. And just the other day, she was worried because I didn't get mad over her mentioning that she still talks to her ex every day. I feel really uncomfortable and even talked about it with her that maybe we shouldn't be together. And yet she got so angry and decided not to talk to me. She's all over the place. What do I do? I feel like I need a map. I feel like you are definitely being the responsible one inside of this relationship. She seems like she's a bit immature in some of the reactions she's had. Here's the thing. It's a red flag for sure to me that she doesn't want to be called girlfriend in front of some people. That feels extra crappy to me because she is now intentionally hiding you away. And that's never fun to be in that situation where you have to hide yourself or you have to feel compelled not to uh, be your true self in certain situations. So that that sucks. She also cuts you off when you have arguments. You just mentioned how she hasn't talked to you after she got mad at you. A, because it looks like she was trying to bait you into an argument earlier on. Mm-hmm. And now, with this other argument, she isn't actually responding responding to you. I say, you deserve better. And I would just walk away. You don't need a DTR. You need a DNR. Do not resuscitate this relationship. You just walk away. Ah, there's Kyle building his trailer content again. Building <laughs> promo content again. You know, let's just take a step back and, and think about what we think we know to be true about this partner. It's clear that this partner doesn't know what she wants, right? She wants to be wanted. She wants him to be captivated by her, but she doesn't want to reciprocate that. And we see this and I wish they would have included their ages. I have a sense that they're quite young by the fact that the person who wrote this has the grammar of a child. I think that she doesn't know what she wants. So you're caught in the spin of a person that doesn't know what they want. So he's going to think if he pushes in, he can put some rink boards around it. And the truth is, is it'll just be more chaos. He actually needs to take a step back and let her come to him or for him to realize that this is quite a toxic relationship. I We get a lot of these, Kyle, around like she was jealous about this and then she was angry about this and then she didn't want to commit to this. We get a lot of these with men and women and whatever gender they prescribe to just being all over the map. I will continue to say what I've always said in these types of questions, which is that don't lean in, lean out. Let these people figure out themselves and figure out what they need and what they want and give them lots of space to articulate it. But give yourself the space also to evaluate if you want to be part of this chaos. This feels like chaos to me. Not that maybe some stability might not bring this couple together. Because as someone who has who has done this before, right, been all over the map, I have been the benefit of a strong, steady, silent type to help me realize what I want mm-hmm. amid the noise of my own mind. So I'm not ready to, to do not resuscitate, but I am advocating here a step back. And that's the fishbowl. You guys, we built this entire episode based on a single question that we got in the fishbowl around someone saying like, how do I have the relationship talk? How do I define the relationship? I realized I'm kind of in the same spot. So we built a whole episode around it. So do not underestimate the influential power of the fishbowl. You can submit your fishbowl questions, certainly through our social media platforms or on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at somebodydate. Or you can visit our website at somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen Dublin. And you'll see a giant picture of a fishbowl. Just drop a question in there. And uh, we certainly want to see it. And now you know what a great question sounds and looks like. So thank you. Exactly. Thank you for that. Be more like question asker one. (laughs) 
just ask some questions. We'll figure out what to do with it. Not to be too mean to some of our other listeners and question askers, maybe do a quick proofread before you hit that send button. I'm just saying, sometimes very obvious grammatical mistakes are going to be caught right away. Every now and again, we get a question that I'm sure it's a quality question. I can't figure out at all what they're trying to say. I just feel like I'm like, or is, is this a cry for help? What is going on? <laughs> Timmy's in the well? I don't know what the hell. It's just the letter E 79 times. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what this just, means. Yeah, they're all submitted by you. Jen, it is time now for our burning question. So this okay. is what it is this week. Can you DTR in any other way than in person? You know, I love the burning question. Questions so good, they burn a little bit. Can you have the conversation? Sorry, what was the question? Can you? Can you DTR in any other way than in person? No. No. Because so much of how we communicate is what we say, how we say it, the body language that surrounds it, the fact that there's flop sweating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that what the shape of their eyes is when they say it. I know. I think you have to be looking at that person. Plus, we live in a culture where we will say anything, be brave, lie, do whatever in a in a social format, like social media, text messaging, email. This is the other thing about Heartstopper that I just want to bring up. I, I've been talking about it a lot. Yeah, Netflix really should sponsor us. I'm not convinced that the show is good, but there's this one aspect that I think is like actually phenomenally realized, which is how they portray texting back and forth between these two people mostly within instagram but it's like i have been here i don't know jen if you are obsessive like me but like receiving a message and you can visually see with the way that they filmed it like them obsessing over a specific word that was used in the message that was just sent to them mm -hmm. and then you see them write a message back four times and be like no <laughs> delete this write it out delete that no write it back oh, out and, Kyle, and did you, you see what is actually seen? sent on the other side so it's like oh my god this is exactly what it's like texting back and forth especially yeah. to crushes yeah not that i would have any experience with that here in the oh, past few yeah. weeks how do i communicate my feelings without coming off as a complete psychopath yeah try being a rhetorician by trade try being a communications person and a wordsmith by trade it's mm -hmm. a downright painful experience I'm just thinking back to how this episode started. And I started talking about how I was able to really get to know someone through the written format. And mm -hmm. I was able to say all sorts of things that I wanted to say through writing. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that was the exception, not the rule. And I think that you have to have this conversation, especially in 2022 and beyond. Well, this person, is, this is, this person. is my thing here, right? Is that for sure the, the pro as much as I hate like trying to come up with like the perfect message and response and like obsessing over every word that's been sent back to me and like how do I interpret this you do get to hide behind the fact that you can edit yourself within those those messages going back and forth you can present exactly the person you want to be and respond in exactly the way that you that you wish you could within the moment when you have to do it in person yes you get to see the body language the nervousness and all that kind of stuff but you do but you do also get to see like the actual person in front of you. You don't get to hide behind your best uh, responses. You have to react to that in the moment. And I think that there's just something, I don't know, more honest and more real about that. My answer, honestly, to this burning question is what we kind of did uh, for a question a, a few minutes ago here, which is like, <laughs> if you want to be pedantic about it, can you? Sure. Yeah, you could do it in a different way. But should you? No, I don't think you should. I think mm. you should do it in person. That's well said. I think it's also the idea that um, 
for these conversations to be successful, I think the only rule you've got is that you have to be impeccable with your word. You have to speak for yourself. You have to be vulnerable enough to speak your truth. You have to be able to have a tough conversation and you have to be able to receive the feedback from the other person and not react to it. And I think all of those things are helped by being face-to-face with that person. I'm just going to take some notes here as I pack (laughs) my bags. Uh, Yes. Yes. And on that note, we will say that um, I'm interested actually to know if people thought, think that that's bullshit that in 2022, that it can, it can be done a different way or should be done a different way to, to put it the way you did. Again, you can reach us on our social media. We're on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at somebody date. You'll see a gorgeous picture of Kyle and I'm also there. And you can ask your question or you can visit our website, somebody date Jen and Kyle.com. That's Jen double N. And you can answer the question of the week or you can submit your own burning question or you can provide feedback to ours. Either way, we want to hear from you. This podcast is entirely built by you, our community, mm-hmm. whether that's our community at large, our very quickly growing podcast community, uh, or the lovely campus community at CGSW 90.9. And give us a like, because it can't just be Kyle's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be honest, has always been a pithy like, but yes. Aw, and it is 90.9, <laughs> so we're good. Well, thank you for joining us this evening wherever your love adventures may take you please take us with you we're along for the ride whether you like it or not whatever you do whatever you're looking for be safe out there and we'll see you next week good night bye Bye.